you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekuler and the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you for the next 30 minutes. In the studio, Randy Rocky with Swan Financial. How you doing there, Randy? Good morning, Bob. Good morning, sir. Good to have you here. Randy's direct number 645-0736. Also on the phone today, a little bit unusual, Lee Harris, who's legal counsel with Limestone Title and Escrow. And her direct cell phone number, it is her direct cell phone number, folks, 649-7963. You doing okay? I am. How are you? Good. Good to have you here. And Thank you for having me. Yeah, good. Always a pleasure to have you here. And then Greg, my son Greg, also here in the studio. You doing okay? I'm doing good. How good are you? Good to have you. Doing All right. Good? And we're recording uh, this uh, show for video, so we'll give you the URL where to go for that uh, in just a second. First, let's go to the phones. And we start things off. Good morning, Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Faith. Yeah. I was supposed to close on my home this week, but my agent just called and told me the seller can't close this week because their home purchase fell apart. Can I sue the seller for backing out of the contract? Ooh, uh, I think there's a good answer for you on that one. Lee, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes. Hi, Sade. Um um, well, yes, uh, if you have a contract and um, your seller cannot uh, fulfill those terms, then you certainly have legal recourse, um, unless there was some contingency in there stating that, um, you know, they had an out uh, if they couldn't close on time. There is an issue of uh, whether or not they have a little more time uh, to extend beyond the original closing date, which is called time is of the essence. Um, however, they're not going to be able to close and it's going to cost you damages, then you have probably in your contract a mediation arbitration provision, which will allow you to perhaps uh, recoup some of those expenses. So let's review this for everybody who's listening, Lee. So let's just say that you're dealing with uh, a a buyer. A buyer is buying another person's home, and that contract is valid. And then this seller was buying another person's home in the business we call it a domino effect but so the seller's deal falls apart on the house that they're buying and they're saying oh I'm not going to sell my house now cuz I have no place to go so right. in this case faith is the buyer and what type of damages does she have cuz you can't go crazy but what within good oh. conscience what would you yeah. say what she has in terms of damages well, the damages could be uh, perhaps she's in an apartment and she has another month's rent before she buys another home, or perhaps she spent money for an appraisal fee or an inspection or you know an application fee for a loan, those type of things. It's not going to be a large dollar amount mm-hmm. um, because obviously she can go and buy another home, uh, uh, you know. But it's going to be you know if she's out of pocket some expenses, and that's really the that's really the crux of a real estate case is is it enough to pursue because. Um, you know, mediation, uh, arbitration is going to cost you some money and time. And so, it's, you know, if it's $1,000 or less or so, it's probably not going to be worth your time. But, but, and this is always, there's always a, a but when something like this is involved. So let's just say that Faith wasn't renting, that she was selling her house. So now we have a bigger domino effect. So now right. let's put this all into play. Faith can't move into the house that she's buying because the seller of that house says, no, my deal fell apart. I'm not moving. Now, Faith, 
has to sell her house because obviously there's a contract involved if she's selling her house. So now the question comes down to, well, so then what happens if she can't, if she can't buy and she can't really sell, but she's going to have to sell. So how do you work something out in that regard, Lee? Right. Well, at that point, if she wants to uphold her contract and sell her home under her contract, then obviously she has to have somewhere to live. And she might have storage fees. She might have to rent an apartment. Uh, she might have to uh, delay her closing and therefore incur costs with her buyer, you know, in order to find another home that she can close on with a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So all of those fees could legitimately be uh, accruing, you know, uh, if this seller, in fact, breaches their contract. Yep. Can so she go... Can she go to court over that house and say, I want this house, it's under contract, and I want this house, period. I'm not going to look for any other house. she allowed yes, to do that, Lee? Called, yes. yes. You could have specific performance, which means that um, you are performing on the property you already have. So you want that house and no other house, and you can sue for specific performance is what it's called, and that means that you are enforcing that contract. So what that the, mean that seller would have to defend that and, and come up with a reason why they could not in any way sell that to her. What are the chances of winning that suit, Lee? Well, um, there's two different remedies in the law. One is damages. One is specific performance. They're both equal remedies. It's just going to come down to whether the judge or the arbitrator, whoever's looking at your case, feels like which is, which is more fair, you know, mm-hmm. which is going to resolve the issues uh, to the benefit of the party. And... Specific performance is definitely more rare than damages, um, but it is certainly available if, if the judge or the arbitrator feels that it's legitimate. Got it. All right. It would probably be if the house is somewhat unique. Um, you know, if it's a neighborhood where they could find something else similar, mm-hmm. it might not be as legitimate. But if it's a very unique house that you can only get once in a lifetime, then that's a definite remedy. Got it. Got it. All right, Faith, we wish you the best on this one. Certainly, if you'd like to talk to Lee in person on this and what can be done. You can reach Lee anytime on her cell phone at 649-7964. Speaking of getting a hold of any of us, you can, if you want to reach me to buy or sell your home, we have a new URL that you might want to try. It's grabbob.com. Yes, grabbob.com. Or you can call me at 376-LIVE, which is 376-5483. And of course, you can go to we sell Louisville.com. Back to the phones we go. Good morning. Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hey, Bob. This is John. Yeah. One of those online companies told me I was qualified to buy a home. They even sent me a letter. I went out with the realtor, looked at about 25 homes, found one I wanted to buy. Now, after all that, paying inspections, appraisals, and the company uh, is telling me that I'm not eligible for a mortgage. What the heck is going on? You know, this happens more and more mm-hmm. often. Randy, Rocky, Swan Financial, you don't let that happen, do you? No, we have uh, two other sets of eyes look at it uh, when we do a pre-qualification. And uh, it's it's quite common, especially in a very competitive market. Um, well, where, back uh, up. What is, what's the problem for John? What, what went wrong that he got this letter and now he's being told... No, you, you're not eligible. I'll tell you what happens a lot in in those type of companies, big Internet companies and all the above, mm-hmm. is they have certain uh, quotas they need to meet. And, hey, I've got an appraisal out, mm-hmm. and this thing is going to close. So if they don't hit those, they, they, they lose their job, and and they give pre-approvals to people that shouldn't get them. It's really that simple. Yeah, a lot of times these 
there's not a face behind the internet for the most part. They might give right. you a name and a contact, but they're most of the time out out of state, out of somewhere else where they're not next to you, where we see your face every day and you're saying, hey, what's going on with my life? You know what's going on. You know if there's a problem, if something shifted in my finances where anything can happen with these internet companies. Yes. You, you have no idea. This is a, a serious problem. In fact, I will tell you, John, and anyone who's listening, that about almost a year ago we had a condo listed and we represented the seller, and then I got a call from my seller who said, hey, I was walking in the neighborhood, and this person came by and said they wanted to buy my condo. I said, okay. So I called the person, and the buyer says, oh, yeah, and I'm pre-qualified, and I can get you um, all the documents. So they send over this pre-qualification letter, and it was from probably the same company that John got it from, but I called the company. And I said, okay, so what have you done so far? Well, we've taken an over-the-phone application. I said, did you do any due diligence? Did any... No, no, we haven't done any of that yet. We're, we're planning to. But everything that she tells us checks out. So I checked with one of our local lenders, and sure enough, <clears throat> not a chance, no way, no heck, not, not happening. So I told our seller, okay, here's what we've got. This is the information that we have. We've checked it out. And though the uh, loan company says that they have, um, they got some information that shows that they're qualified, the lenders that we've talked to, which is why we love local lenders like Randy, it's because they'll do the information, they'll do the due diligence on the front end, and sure enough, uh, this person's not qualified. She says, well, can we take a chance? I said, sure. Well, why don't we take a chance? We'll write, and Lee, tell me if you think this is the right way to proceed, that we... Take a contract, but it is subject to the loan approval being verified by either a local lender or by the lender online. Absolutely. I, if I were the seller and I had information like that beforehand, I would certainly want to have some contingency in there that, you know, we have we can put our own terms on it, which is we want to see a second opinion or, you know, we want to have you be approved uh, in a through another route. So, and Lee, let me, let me, let's be very clear. This is for not only for my clients, but for all of our agents throughout our Louisville and Southern Indiana area. We've got great agents, and the last thing they want to do is disappoint the seller and also disappoint a buyer who's gone to one of these online companies and has been told, though never verified, that they are eligible to buy a house. So, asking for a second opinion. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it may do well for both their seller and for the buyer. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Two consenting parties can agree to whatever they feel is, is, is good for both of them to make the deal work. Got it. All right. Back to the phones we go. Hopefully, John, that helps you. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Good morning. Bob, this is Melissa. What documentation do I need to gather when applying for a mortgage? So, Randy, what do you what do loan officers require? Uh, last two years, W twos are very important, and most recent pay stubs, and that really gets us started because then we we take your uh, and assets that you're going to put in for the transaction. You put those things in with your credit, uh, and usually we can we can put something together pretty easily. And I should point out, because I know this from experience, that if you are going to use a second job to help boost your income, that you have to be on the job for how long before you can count that income? 
Well, uh, if it's not full-time. If it's part-time, it's two years. Part-time, full Yeah, well, I'm saying if it's a second job. I don't right. know many people who are going to be working uh, two full-time uh, you jobs. Have they're a, out, they're you out think there. they're out there? They're out, out there. A few, not many. All right. But it's yeah. crazy. It's 80 hours, obviously, or 72. Yeah. Is what would you can clarify, 36 and 36. Well, I mean, that's tough. Yes, but two, two, uh, two years for part-time. Two years for part-time. And then also tips, if you're a waitress, waiter, things like that. How do you verify that type of income? Well, you're more in self-employed then. So then uh, it's your last two years tax returns and you average okay. the income in that scenario. So great question, just So, yes, yep. uh, truck drivers, self-employed borrowers, we get into full tax returns at that point. So if you're not W-2 and you're self-employed, then we get in two years full tax returns. Okay. And then, uh, Lee, from your standpoint, any documentation that you need for the closing itself? No, than- as long as they've been approved and, and they're through clear to close, then uh, all we're going to ask for is, um, you know, the documents that need they need to close, such as um, certified check and, and uh, that type of thing. Wait, I was thinking you were going to say driver's license, which is what you... you, you oh, yes, yeah, driver's yeah. license, yes. I'm yes, sorry. right. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> verification no. of identification, yes. <laughs> right, verification that you are. And that's that came into place since... Um, September 11, 2001, correct? That was as yes, per, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Patriot Act. You will, be asked for, you will be asked for a photo ID to prove that you say you are who you are. So, and mm-hmm. so a photo ID. It's not necessarily a driver's license, folks, because we know we have a lot of folks who may have moved right. into the United States from another part of the country uh, or the world, and a, a, a valid passport would, would suffice, correct? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, very good. Back to the phones. Good morning. Bob Sekoler. Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. This is Ginger. Yeah. What happens to my earnest money if I agree on repairs but find the house I like better? Can I get oh. out of the contract and get my money back? Uh, so you're thinking, Ginger, that you found something, you've gone through repairs. They've agreed upon repairs. They've, they've agreed upon, upon repairs. repairs. Technically, it comes down to whether they've signed off on the repairs or not, if, Lee. Is that all parties, yeah. If, where, where well, about? if you have a contract that requires you uh, or asks you to negotiate repairs, and you have already negotiated the re- those repairs, and so that contingency is done, um, then assuming there's no other contingencies, such as financing or appraisals or surveys or anything like that that uh, has not been met, then if you have a contract that has been fulfilled and all the contingencies have been cleared, then you can't just find another house and walk away and get your earnest money back. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to have a legitimate contingency um, that has failed, and then ask for release. However, if you simply just want to walk away because you found a house you like better, then at the very least, you may lose your earnest money. Yeah, and let's talk about that le- legitimate um, contingency in terms of if inspections fell apart, which is what we were alluding to earlier, but also if you lost your job and the l- loan officer you're working with writes you a letter that says, you're no longer eligible for purchasing of this home. In that case, though, they're probably not looking for another house. We would we would hope that in that yeah, case but you could. You here's know. where I'm going with this. Yeah, so yeah. that and that's a good that, point, Greg. You know. But here's where I'm going with this because I think this is uh, a problem that some loan officers will create. Lee, help me out, Randy. I'm asking you, and not that this has ever happened for you, but if the buyer asks the loan officer to write a letter saying they've lost their job and no longer eligible, even if they haven't lost their job. There's an ethics question here. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I, I'm not doing yeah. it. <laughs> no, I, and and you cannot you cannot uh, do that. I've been I've I've had that request 
uh, more than once. Yeah. Well, and I good, told him, I'm sorry, I cannot do it. It's a good question, and I guess bounce back to leave. What if, what if, say, this did happen, and we found out that they went after another house and wrote another contract? Is there recourse to, to ah, say? That's a very good question, hey, they, Lee. They, 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 is there know. recourse at Absolutely. that point? There is. What type, again, damages the, or? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. The, over, uh, the, over, the overarching um, umbrella of every contract is that the parties are acting in good faith. I'm mm-hmm. in good faith going to sell you my house. I'm going to disclose what's wrong with it, et cetera. And you are in good faith buying my house. And so you are in good faith going to eliminate contingencies. And if they're not uh, uh, eliminated in good faith, then I have recourse, yes. And so if you were to find out that some buyer just, you know, sort of uh, tanked their financing, you know, or asked for a, an illegitimate um, letter of denial, et cetera, and then you find out, oh, well, by the way, the next day they bought another house for the same price, so that doesn't seem legit, there's certainly uh, recourse for the seller. Um, that's a breach of contract. Mm-hmm. They can receive the, their damages, which would be, you know, whatever it's costing them, um, carrying costs, and, and maybe they sold their house for less. Um, you know, maybe they've moved and they have storage fees or rental fees or all of that. Right. Okay. So the overarching uh, theory is that everyone's going to act in good faith, and if they don't, then there's damages for that. Got it. Got it. Hey, listen, if you want to see what uh, both buyers and sellers and also the videos that we produce for our clients look like, head to LouisvilleHomesTV.com. That's LouisvilleHomesTV.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, some of the home updates that really pay off, things that are good, things that are bad, more things that are good, things that you want to invest in when you're thinking about selling or even just updating your home. You are listening to the Louisville Real Estate Show. In the studio with us, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial at 645-0736. Wave hi there, Randy. Also, son Greg is in the studio. And on the line, Lee Harris, from legal counsel from Limestone Title and Escrow, at 649-7964. You can reach me, Bob Sekola, anytime at 376-5483. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-227. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. 
residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. When homes are selling fast, who can ensure you'll get the most money for yours? I'm Barbara Corcoran, and I've managed agents who have sold homes for thousands of dollars over list price. The key is to hire the agent with a smart, aggressive marketing plan. In Louisville, no agent sells more homes than Bob Sokolar. His marketing attracts over 1,000 buyers month after month and allows him to put an immediate cash offer on your home and offer flexible fees. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. News Radio 840 WHAS. Bob Sekoler, Sekoler Medley team over at REMAX Properties. He's, thank you, Barbara Corcoran. Spent uh, a day with Barbara a couple of weeks ago up in New York. Who um, We had a great time. We got some new pictures with her. You know that whole story. It was always a lot of fun. You'll see the commercial we shot up there eh, probably in the next uh, month or so on the air, a variety of places. Uh, if you want to see the video, by the way, of what we're shooting here in the studio, we are now... Posting these videos on YouTube, you can get to them directly by looking, uh, just doing a search or just punching in a URL for LouisvilleAnswers.com or LouisvilleQuestions.com. That'll take you right to our channel for uh, our videos, as well as there's plenty of places to find this show. We're all over the the webosphere, as they say. Here in the studio, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. On the phone, Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone title and escrow, 649-7964. And my son, Greg, you can reach him at greg at com. By the way, uh, other agents, sorry, his photography skills are not available. They are exclusive to our group. If you'd like to see what Greg does, uh, louisville3d.com. That's just part of what he does in terms of all the work he does with us, louisville3d.com. Okay, you're thinking about doing some home updates maybe by chance? So here are some things that really will pay off. Minor bathroom remodel. The average return, if you work on your bathroom, and by that might be replace the tub, the tile surround that's around the sides and back of the tub, uh, replace the floor, a toilet, a sink, a vanity, the fixtures. And you're not going to believe this. This is fabulous. You'll get 102% back. So if you spend $10,500, you will get back $10,700. What, you want more? Sorry. That just doesn't happen in this world. Nope. But uh, but that is good, and it will also help you sell your home faster. So attack the minor bathroom remodel, little things in the bathroom to update them. You want landscaping? Thinking maybe that's the first thing. Let's face it, someone walks into your house, the first thing they see even before they get in the house. It's going to be your front yard, your door, and all that things. So the average return at resale for putting in landscaping, 100%. So, you know, you're thinking shrubs, mulch, uh, flowers. By the way, if you need folks to do this for you, we have crews. And we, this is the nice thing about what we do. We have a, amassed a variety of crews for painting uh, that do a good job at a very inexpensive rate. So you just want to call me and I'll get you that information. Again, no obligation. There's uh, no reason other than you want the info, and I'm more than happy to help. Back to landscaping, if you want to, you, you don't know where to start, go to a local garden center. They offer free advice, free designs, or you can ask neighbors about what works for them, what's happening and working for them in their, their area. So then we go to uh, minor kitchen remodel. 
Average return resale, 98.5%. A minor kitchen remodel averages $14,913. That's a recoup rate of 98.5%. You do a minor remodel when your kitchen needs a cosmetic update. Minor. 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 Now, Now, here's the thing. Do not do like I did. Sandy and I wanted to remodel our kitchen, so we remodeled the whole kitchen. Not so good on the, but we didn't do it for. But you're a not return. looking. They were not this, looking for a return. This is for the, us to live in it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, it was not a small remodel. It wasn't a small remodel. <laughs> we're doing a drastically it's different still floor under, plan. It's still underway. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. But the good news is, if you do a minor, you'll get back more. Uh, exterior improvements, vinyl siding, updated front entry, average return 95.5%. Attic bedroom conversion. If you've got a room up in the attic that's not being used and you can utilize it, the average attic bedroom in a two- or three-bedroom house costs about 39000 um, bucks to create, but it will give you 36000 at resale, so it gives you more room. Your return is 93.5% on less, and here's the trick. You do a lot of the work yourself. Ah, that gives like, you an advantage. That's like right? what I'm doing right now in the basement. Yep. And just comparing, remember we said 102% on the minor bathroom remodel. If you do a total bathroom remodel, gut everything and restart, you'll only get 93.2% back. So there are some good things to look for That's that and hopefully will as help As a photographer, you. the aesthetics help quite major, a bit on major. these little things. Back to the phones. Good morning. Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840, WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Leslie. Yeah. I know you sell a lot of high-priced homes, but who would you recommend to sell my home if it's about $100,000 in PRP? Well, Leslie, so here's the thing with us. We sell a lot of high-priced homes, but we also sell a lot of moderate, lower-priced homes. In fact, there's nobody that we turn down. I think it's important that everybody knows that. Um, we do everything that we do for a higher-priced home. We do for a lower-priced home. Photography and all. We, we go out there. I, tr- I treat the, a $70,000 home actually the same way I'll treat an $800,000 home. Yeah, even a $50,000 $50, home. $50,000 home. I'm not trying to there. make this too warm and fuzzy, but the Sekolers don't are not we don't like skin. that. Yeah, well, yeah. you're just great mm-hmm. people. I mean, you're going to help. Anybody you can. Yeah, I appreciate that. And incidentally, if you're thinking about selling your home, we have a free no-obligation booklet that has hundreds of useful tips. If you want a copy, simple, send an email to bob at com, and then put selling tips in the subject line, and I will get that out to you post-haste. We have time, I think, for one more call. Good morning. Bob Sekuller, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hey, Bob. This is Tom. Yeah. I'm buying my first home from the seller directly. Uh, we shook on a on a price, and now the seller wants more money because I'm asking for roof repairs. Uh, is he allowed to do this, and what recourse do I have? So it's a handshake. Lee Harris, Limestone, you're up on this. Yes. What are your thoughts? Yes. Okay. Well, there's several things. One is, uh, just to all of you know out there, that you can't handshake on a sale of real estate in the state of Kentucky. You have to have a written agreement in order to bind the price or any of the other terms. So that's the first thing. If you come to an agreement with someone on a sale of real estate, then get out your paper and pen or your computer and put that in writing and have everyone sign off on it, okay? Mm-hmm. So then the issue is you've got a repair issue. Well, that's pretty standard, um, you know, so even if you can come to terms on that you have an agreement in writing, then, <clears throat> you know, if there's repair issues to be done, um, then, you know, it's typical for, um, you know, those to be negotiated. So if you had it in writing that you were allowed to, Ask for repairs, then that would have been part of the contract. But since you just had a handshake, um, you're going to have to agree, um, you know, on whether that's going to be paid by the buyer or the seller. Lee, and uh, that's it, why written <laughs> contracts are, are vital. 
And just out of curiosity, is there any legal action he can take? Can he? Because he obviously no. there's nothing in writing, but it's his versus his. his no. It, yeah. No. Okay. There's actually, there's nothing. Uh, there's a there's a, a law called the statute of frauds. Yeah. Uh, no one cares about that, but the but the uh, the the upshot of the law is that in order to bind a contract for the sale of real estate, specifically, yeah, it has to be in writing. Um, and therefore, if you have agreed upon a price, and the reason being, there's certain things like you're talking about um, that are not that are not agreed upon when you shake hands, uh, such as what will happen if there's a repaired, what will happen All right. if that happens. You know, none of that is in writing, so yep. he cannot he cannot bind the seller to the price or to any other terms because it's not in writing. All right, we're out of time, Lee. Thanks for that one, Tom. We wish you the best. Martin and Tina, moving back to town. We're looking for homes right now for them in the 300,000s. If you've got something, call me because East Louisville, Oldham County, we want to help them. Our thanks to Lee Harris, 649-7964. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. My son, Greg. Indeed. Thanks for being here, buddy. Also, you can reach me at 376-5483. Also, we don't want to forget, Happy Easter, everybody. We will see you next Sunday right here on News Radio 840 WHAS.